We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Chargers fans. This is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media, including our Patreon account, where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. We've got a fun episode for you guys today. Uh, I was able to interview Michigan running back Chris Evans, uh, so we'll be able to do that uh, interview first, and then we're going to do a five-round mock draft for the Chargers today, uh, kind of alternating and discussing each of our picks. Uh, so Tyler's going to get the first pick, Alex will get the second, I'll get the third, and then just kind of bouncing off ideas uh, after each pick. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, a certain mock draft from Brentley Weissman, who did have the Chargers trading back uh, in the first round, I believe, with the Chicago Bears. Um, so we'll talk about kind of that approach and, and the possibilities for the Chargers in that regard. So let's start. Uh, Tyler and Alex are here as well. Alex, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. Getting closer to the uh, draft, and uh, we should start to see some interesting news. Maybe Von Miller's release. We'll see. Yeah, obviously, if Von Miller gets released, we will talk about that right now. It doesn't really seem like that's actually going to happen. It seems like that was more of a prediction, so I know some people are asking me about that. Um, Tyler, how are you doing today, dude? Well, I know we're getting closer to the draft. I just looked at when Virginia Tech's pro day was going to be, and that's March 26th. 
That sounds so far away. We're <laughs> getting there, but oh man, this is brutal. Yeah, it, we're like so close. There's like 70 days until the draft, but it's uh, like it seems like so long. <laughs> uh, but we are getting closer. Um, teams can start placing uh, players on the franchise tag next week, and obviously we talked about Hunter Henry a couple weeks ago, so um, things should be picking up soon. And I'm expecting that we hear a couple quarterback trades uh, before the new league year starts in March, so it's going to be fun. Um, all right, let's get to this uh, interview with Chris Evans. It's going to be audio only, so if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you go and check that interview out on whichever podcast podcast platform you're listening to um apple podcast google podcast whatever the case may be Um, because it was a really good conversation i was able to have with him and i think he's a really interesting target um for teams in general i thought he had a really good week down at the senior bowl so uh if you're listening to this on the audio version here you go if you're not if you're watching this on youtube go make sure you check it out all right here you go guys all right guys welcome back to the guilty as charged podcast we're so happy to be joined now by Running back Chris Evans from the University of Michigan. Chris, thanks for taking the time to join us. How are you doing today? Good, man. I appreciate you appreciate you for having me on. Yeah, you know, it's been a big opportunity for us to to interview some prospects and, and happy to have you on here. So um, you just recently spent a week down at the Senior Bowl. I think that's probably where some people who have been following the draft kind of recognize you from. What was that week down in Mobile like for you? And what were maybe some highlights of, of the experience? Um, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the experience was good. Uh, I was, uh, it was a late ad, um, towards the end of the, the, as the selection process was going, but I got a chance to go down there and show scouts what I had, um, invested, you know what I mean? I had and the work I didn't put in for the last four years. I went down there and got to meet a lot of uh, different guys, athletes, um, seeing guys that I seen like Mac Jones, seen him on TV and actually got to play with him and practice with him. So. Um, going down there for that experience was huge, and you know, I, I think I did I made a name for myself down there. You know, I agree with you. I thought you showed some really nice ability as a route runner. You know, I think you saw the the clip that I retweeted uh, of you kind of leaving. Some, I can't remember which linebacker it was. You know, leaving him in the dust. Um, is that something that you think is your strong suit? Is like a, a, as a pass catching running back, or how would you describe uh, your strengths as a running back? I think my strength as a running back is just whatever is needed. Um, of, of course, it, um, you look at the the route running. I play running. I play uh, slot receiver in high school. So okay. going into going to the next level, I feel like I had a upper hand as far as receiving and, and pass catching and playing in space. So I, I, I just take that with a chip on my shoulder. And if you know, what I'm saying if anybody needs me to do anything as far as pass protecting special teams or whatever. But as far as route running, I think that's that's one of my strong suits, though. Yeah, that's something that I, I could see for for sure. And, you know, obviously, um, I think the, the experience down there in Mobile is so important for a lot of people. And especially this year, you know, there's no there's the combine is going to be different. Obviously, you know, scouts weren't able to get in the room. What was the interview process like for you? Uh, and did you have anyone any kind of meeting that stood out to you during that week? Oh, uh, yeah, the interview process was great. I had, we, we went two days and we got to meet with half of the teams. We met half of the teams one day, half the team the other day. And we started from about seven and ended about at 11, um, 15 minutes with each team. And and just just the out-of-the-box questions that they were getting asked. Um, we, we had football questions. We had background questions. Um, got a lot of questions um, just, just to see, like, where my head was at 
as far as like, would you rather be first in a at first in a sprint or second in a, in a marathon? Uh, a little different things like that to kind of see like where your head is, is as far as like your longevity in the league and and what your what your mindset on is. Is, is, is it looking uh, at long term? Is it looking at short term? Just different things like that just to make sure that everything was, you know what I'm saying, good mentally and stuff like that. But the, the interview process was kind of like um, they, they they had us do um, – we had to learn our playbook for the team, that for the Senior Bowl, um, and also interview. And they kind of like, you know what I'm saying, gassed us with with meetings and interviews and, and photo shoots and stuff like that. So it was kind of like yeah. – it, it was kind of like a mental – you know what I'm saying? A mental game. So you just had to make sure you stay strong and, and focus on things you need to focus on. What is that process of learning an NFL playbook that, cause there's no way that they can, you know, fit in their entire system in that kind of week long process. Right. What, what was that process like for you, you know, kind of having that cram session of an NFL playbook in that week? Um, have being at Michigan and being under coach Harbaugh and, um, having the West coast, uh, style offense, the first three, First three years of my career at Michigan, we did West Coast. And then as soon as I got back um, to my senior year, we kind of switched some plays up. But pretty much what I did was I uh, going in a Gattis' um, offense, I kind of just pieced the piece the stuff together. Um, like, okay, this was called this then, and now it's called this. You know what I'm saying? Just to, you know what I'm saying? Just to have it being them do that. And that's pretty much what I did um, with the Panthers playbook. Good thing the Panthers playbook. Uh, some words were like the exact same words that I knew. Okay. Um, like a protection called hound was called hound and, and coach Harbaugh's offense and a lot of stuff was clicking and basically all the concepts. So it was really, <clears throat> really easy for me to, to get it. I just had to learn like, okay, I know what it is. I know what I'm doing, but what do you, what do you call it? You know what I'm saying? So it was just pretty much doing that. And it was pretty much easy as, as far as going um, with the week. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you, I want to talk about your time at Michigan. I read this story. Uh, you were away from the team in 2019, and you worked three jobs during that time. What, what was that process like? And you know, what were, you, what were maybe some uh, lessons that you were able to learn uh, in your time away from football? Um, <clears throat> that was that. That was the interesting part of my life. Right, the lowest part in my life that I had up until this point. I got the news that I was suspended um, from from the university and didn't get any didn't get any uh, scholarship checks, no nothing. I couldn't go into the football facility, nothing. So I did. I got three jobs at Drywall. I was a delivery driver, and I coached um, special teams and safeties at uh, the local high school um, around the corner. They haven't won a game in about six years up until that point. Got to be a part of their their win, um, their first win in a long time. Uh, wow. Didn't have a lot of didn't la- didn't have a lot of time to work out. Um, so I worked out with the team with the. Uh, with the high schoolers and, and their workouts and uh, ran around this scout team quarterback um, just to make sure, you know what I'm saying? Just to make sure I was in, I was in shape, ran, ran around the track after a couple of practices, but I couldn't get all the way back into Michigan shape because of all the jobs that I worked. So I just, just took advantage of every opportunity. And I really learned that um, like the coaches play a relationship, um, you know what I'm saying? Just like trusting in, trusting in the players and, and seeing that um, on the other side, you know what I'm saying, once I got to, back to Michigan. And plus also uh, I learned, um, like, save your money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, be be strategic with your money. Getting scholarship checks each month um, was for, for almost nothing, just breathing kind of. It seemed like uh, when when you when I'm actually really working for tips and working hourly, stuff like that, every dollar that I got, I, like, savored it. And because I actually, like, worked for it and, like, used my hands and my gas and stuff like that. So. 
it just it just it just made it just it was surreal. I had to do my own laundry, cook my own food, and it was just like like some some people are gonna like they're gonna hit a wall once they actually got to do this in real life. So. I think that's definitely an important lesson. Uh, did you play safety in high school, or, or how did that uh, decision to coach the other side of the ball go for that high school team? Uh, I want to I want to be a head coach when I grow up. Um, so uh, the running back coach, actually the head coach, coach running backs. Uh, I was just his. That's just what he wanted to do. Um, so I was I was being flexible. I just wanted to do whatever whatever it took to, to 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 help the kids, help the program, and and I knew like learning on the defensive side, like being away from football, play running back, like how, how, how would I, how would me, how, how would put, how would coaching a safety position that has to tackle running back on open field better my understanding of being a running back. You know what I'm saying? Cause I kind of had to, I taught the, I taught the safeties if they were, if they were a running back was you had, you got to pick a side, go come from inside out. Don't ever give the guy, you know what I'm saying? A two way go. Cause if I'm a running back and I got a two way go, like I'm a feel, I'm feel like I can do a lot more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying rather than just okay, just if you're coming from the inside, come in, inside out, take your shot, and just you know what I'm saying. Like that's the that's the best advice I can give them as far as that coverages and stuff like that. That really helped me as far as the interview process of like, hey, draw this coverage up. And I just I was a safeties coach, so I knew to cover two and two high shell and stuff like that from based off coaching with safeties. That's awesome, man. You know, I think, you know, having that kind of versatile experience and background and knowledge of the game, I think should, should definitely pay dividends for you in your playing career. Hopefully it's, you know, a long playing career. Um, in terms of what, like, you know, your process at Michigan, you know, I know that, um, see, I know that you were kind of like a specialist player, right. But, you know, what was that feeling of, uh, did you get back on scholarship and what was that feeling like? Yeah, I got back on scholarship. Um, Coach Coach Harbaugh told me is if, if I get back, um, if I handle all my thing, all my business that I have to do it on the school side, they'll give me my scholarship back. And uh, once I got back, it was just everything that came my way was just a blessing. Um, if that was zero carries, that was a hundred carries of a main care, whatever it was, like just just being coming from the position that I just came from of being suspended, I felt like you know what I'm saying. I'm just happy to be here. So you know what I'm saying. Whatever it took, I ran down on kickoff a couple games. Um, was was a backup on every special team, um, punt punt return, kickoff return, wherever they needed me. Um, I was just willing to do and just happy to just happy to be a part of it. So I wasn't gonna be negative if I didn't get you know what I'm saying the ball or anything. Even though I was, this was like my senior year and I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. I'm just trying to just just be a leader and make sure that everybody you know what I'm saying knows about the team and 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 good things to come. So you know what I'm saying that's what I was telling people of. At the interviews, like I got 16 carries, 70 yards rushing in the season. That's that's some 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 running backs this in, in at the senior bowl got that in one game. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. on paper, I'm on paper, I'm I'm should I shouldn't be here. So but it's Nagy, um Nagy told me that I'm down here based off my my potential and my and my and my and my ability and, and not really my stats. So I'm just, I was just excited to go down there and show what I could do. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, being able to learn from your mistakes and then, you know, bounce back and take advantage of your opportunities. And, you know, there's a, there was a tight end down there that had like six catches at Georgia and, you know, he took advantage of his time as well. So, you know, I just think that's the most important thing that you could have done. And honestly, like from my from my vantage point, it really does seem like you took advantage, full advantage of your time down at the Senior Bowl. And, you know, I hope that that's able to turn into something to a, a nice career in the NFL for you. Yes, sir. Definitely. Yeah, that uh, that Georgia that Georgia tight end. He was 
he was ridiculous. He was catching one-handed passes, and he was he was nice. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a fan of two-handed catches, man. He he likes those one-handed catches, which is is was which, which is a lot of fun. Um, what, what were some lessons that you learned from some of the other running backs down there that, or maybe how your game compares to them? Cause I know like Khalil Herbert was down there. Uh, he's kind of a bigger name in terms of like, you know, Twitter draft nation and stuff like that. Uh, did you maybe look at yourself and compare your game to what you saw out of your, your, the peers down there in mobile? Um, I looked, I looked at the other guys game and just, just seeing what they had and what I didn't have and, and just kind of just checking, checking the boxes as we go. I think a lot of it was was mental and and how fast can they get the playbook down? Um, they gave us uh, they they gave us the playbook the night before and told us that we had, we had to know it the next morning. So Crazy. that 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 component of just just doing that, um, I feel like I had the upper hand. Like I was telling you, was just already running the West Coast. Um, but as far as pass protection and 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 route running and finding the holes and. And the kind of the day started off slow for everybody as far as just like getting the linemen in sync and getting the quarterbacks yeah. to, to know the footwork, to hand us the ball off. So once we got over that, I feel like everybody just just could go with the flow and and, and, and go full speed and, and play how they played at their schools. Yeah, I, I think it's funny how it takes time to adjust like that. And and, you know, from the outside perspective, fans are always like it just expecting it to click. But. You know, there is that mental side of things that, you know, the normal people, that casual fans don't necessarily realize goes into that week and and really the entire process of football, right? Yes, sir. Well, Chris, this has been fantastic, man. I really hope, I genuinely hope that you're able to land, you know, in a good spot in the NFL and, and be able to turn that opportunity of the Senior Bowl into a big time and opportunity in the NFL. Uh, I'm a big fan of the way you run routes, man. And I think that that kind of skill set, there is a place for that. Uh, in the NFL, and we wish you nothing but the best. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right, man. You You have a good one, and uh, obviously we we hope your family and stuff is able to stay safe in this power outage stuff and with some wild times out there in the the Midwest. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Chris. Have a good one, man. All right, boss. All right, so special thanks again for Chris Evans, uh, to Chris Evans, excuse me, for taking the time out to uh, come on the podcast. He He's living in the Midwest, and so uh, a little crazy time right there in, in the Midwest with like crazy power outages and the snow and stuff. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a snow day like that in Utah, let alone in Texas and, and Oklahoma and things like that, so I can't imagine what's going on there. Uh, if any of our listeners do, if any of our listeners are living there in the Midwest, uh, please let us know, make sure you're okay. And uh, hoping, hoping for you guys to be safe with all your families and stuff like that. All right. So let's talk about Brentley Weissman's mock draft and, and trading down. I think all three of us would be in favor of that approach. But Alex, what kind, where could you see the Chargers potentially doing that? Do you think it's a realistic possibility? Just your overall general thoughts on, on trading back. I think it's a realistic possibility. I mean, you look at some of the teams that uh, are behind the Chargers in the draft that need a quarterback. Uh, Washington is there. Uh, New England is slightly behind them. Chicago, uh, who Brentley traded down with, uh, is a potential option. I think you're looking at all those teams who need a quarterback. And uh, if Mac Jones or Trey Lance is still on the board, uh, I think you'll see teams trying to jump up to 13 uh, or maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, but I, I think that that's a prime spot uh, for teams to trade up. And I think it makes sense for the Chargers to trade down because I think you can still get a pretty good Uh, offensive lineman uh, at 20 and then you give yourself probably uh, an extra pick to start the second round right similar to 
uh, I guess what the Chargers did with uh, Kenneth Murray last year with the Patriots, but kind of on the receiving end of that. So uh, I think it's possible that they can trade down uh, and I would be in favor of it just from a value standpoint, uh, because I think they need, uh, I, I guess, more talent this year and more uh, rookie contracts that they can get use out of. No, that's spot on. And I I wouldn't trade as far back as like the 30s. Um, just using the simulation, I've seen a couple of times where like Tampa Bay wants to trade up. I know this is all fiction. It's just a simulation, but I wouldn't trade that far. Some of the yeah. targets on TDN's board, I'm not a huge fan of, um, at least in that range. Uh, but trading out, uh, trading back is certainly a realistic option. I also wouldn't rule out, again, I know the board on TDN is not everybody's board, um, but the, the opportunity to draft guys like Osai, or Phillips, or even Ojolari, like some of these guys back there. I know it's kind of O-line or bust, but trading back and then using some of those second-round picks on like some interior guys or like a Hudson or Radunes, um, I'm a fan of too. Yeah, no, I think trading back, I'm always a fan of that. We've never really seen Tom Telesco do that. In fact, we've never mm-hmm. seen Tom Telesco do that. Um, we've only seen him trade up for Melvin Gordon and trade up for Kenneth Murray. We've never seen him trade back. Uh, so maybe that's the trend that he breaks this year. I, w- I would be a fan of that. Um, but I agree with Tyler. The furthest I personally would trade back would probably be 21 with the Colts. You know, if we're talking about trading up our opportunities, like obviously it takes two to tango uh, and it would be a team looking to trade up for a quarterback. And so, you know, that conversation starts, I mean, maybe the Patriots would trade up two picks, but I doubt it. So that really is Washington, Chicago, Indianapolis. And that really is as far back as I could go. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh at 24, but you know, they are, they are so stretched thin with the cap space that they need all the picks that they can get as well. So um, it'll be really interesting. You know, Tyler and I were talking beforehand uh, about Teddy Bridgewater because it seems like the Panthers are going to go all in on trading for a quarterback, whether that be trading up in the draft or trading for Deshaun Watson, or whoever the case may be. So, Tyler, what were you saying about Teddy Bridgewater and, and how that could really affect the draft board here? Uh, depends on what they want to do. I, I'm surprised nobody's talking about this Teddy Bridgewater potential trade. He was just offered, and like nobody's bringing it up, the fact that his starting quarterback, who's under contract, who's legitimately talented, was just offered up. Let's see. So if they trade hit well... I guess we got to figure out where he gets traded to. Um, but if the Panthers take a quarterback, so we'd have, can I have to look at my freaking draft log? So we would have <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. The Panthers would probably try to take a guy. Listen, if Mac Jones, for whatever reason, goes in the first 12 picks, that is a huge, like, because the Panthers now take a quarterback and then the Denver freaks out and takes Jones or something. That's a huge win. So for me, the Panthers becoming quarterback needy and not and not trading for another quarterback that's already in the league and just trading up for a quarterback and making other teams panic and try to even jump the Chargers or trade with the Chargers so they can trade back, I think is a win for the Chargers because, I mean, there's good talent here. And considering, you know, Chase, Smith, Waddle, Pitts, one of the corners are all going to be taken for the Chargers. Um, they're in a really good spot to take like a Slater or, or Derrissaw or even if they trade back to have both those guys potentially make it there. Yeah, I mean, I I think the furthest I would probably trade down, mm, yeah, I think 21 or 22 is is probably the furthest I would trade down. So 21 with the Colts. Uh, I think the Steelers are 24, but I think that would kind of be going down too far. And like, you know, Steven said, they kind of need 
um, some draft capital and instead of you know mortgaging to trade up. Uh, so yeah, I, I would probably just trade down there and then um, I, I don't I don't know. I think there's not really a lot of other teams I could see at, at this current stage. It, yeah, uh, I, I'm not against the possibility of trading down, but I sort of doubt that Telesco does it just because. Yeah. He, he kind of needs a sexy pick right now, <laughs> um, whether that's an offensive lineman, a quarter, something else. Uh, I, I think that that 13th pick uh, is the option there. I don't see him trading up or trading down just because I, I think they're fine where they are. Uh, you know, before in previous mock drafts, back in November and December, there was like momentum when they had like the fourth and fifth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would certainly be fun, but. I think at 13, it's kind of a perfect place for them because they don't really need to go up and grab a quarterback anymore. Uh, So I I think they're just going to stay put. I do think we also have to consider, though, that Staley, I think, might have a bit more of a say in this roster than the previous two coaches. Yeah. And truly, analytics or whatever you want to call it, say that trading back for them is a good idea because of the cap space situation. The fact that even if they pick up a fifth and sixth round pick and get more special teams players. Um, I, and, you know, Staley does want an offensive lineman, so I could see them staying put. Well, sorry, I don't know that he wants an offensive lineman at 13, but it really seems like the Chargers want to do that, yeah. and they should do that. Um, but I do think, you know, I think he could figure out that trading back still gives them that option and still lets them do a bunch of other things. So I think it's the smartest move, and I think Staley's a guy that would go to bat for that. Yeah, you know, I think objectively, someone could look at the Chargers roster and, you know, he was talking with Chris Collinsworth and Richard Sherman, you know, they have the franchise cornerstones in place, you know, with Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, like you have the key pieces, right? But the depth on this team is just so lacking. And like you mentioned, the special teams, like that's where all the depth is coming from and missing. So trading back, I think would be a huge fit, like it would be a huge win. You know, even if you just get like, you know, you trade down to 19 with, with Washington uh, and get an extra third round pick, maybe like next year's fifth. Like I think that, I think that was the trade that Brentley Weissman did. I think that would be a huge win, you know, being able to have three third round picks. Like, I think that would be an awesome scenario. So in our mock draft that we're about to do, we are not going to trade back. Uh, We're going to stay with the picks as is. And we're going to get started with this. So Tyler is going to pick first. He's got the 13th pick. Alex is going to get picked second. I will pick third. And then we'll go one, two, three again. Um, whoever is picking is going to make their selection. You know, it's just going to be up to Tyler, up to Alex, up to me. Uh, and then the other two of us are going to offer our thoughts on that selection. So uh, we did a mock draft earlier where it was like we talked about all the players on the board and it took us like 45 minutes to do three <laughs> rounds. So we decided to do this way and, and have a little more discussion, uh, but to be a little more clear and concise and be able to just have one person make the pick, I think is a big win. So I'm going to share my screen right now and pull up the draft network. And then we will get started. Okay. All right. So let's start this mock draft. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's not a super weird one because <laughs> that kind all right, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence to the Chargers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this is going faster than I thought it would be. That's okay. Oh, Waddle's gone. Now I don't have to take him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a trade call. Uh, I was, I was... Nope. Okay, no, so you. 
We had Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Jamar Chase, Justin Fields, Panay Sewell, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Kyle Pitts, Patrick Sertain, uh, Caleb Farley, Quiddy Pay, which is super early for him, but if there's a team that'll do that, uh, that would be the Giants. <laughs> um, and then Trey Lance at 12. So the Chargers are on the board. Um, Tyler, let me know if you want to see anybody, but I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to choose right here. Uh yeah, you, you just, it's between one of these tackles here. Slater, Cosme, Derisaw. Um, me personally, Cosme would be third on that list. I just think the, in, not inconsistent tape, but the ups and downs. When I first watched Cosme, I immediately direct messaged you and said, oh my God, Cosme, this guy's amazing. Why is nobody yes. talking about him? Like, and then you're like, watch the next game, Tyler. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. But there's great stuff on there, but still, I, I would not take them over the other two. Um Darasaw, if they're looking at tackles, the Chargers would probably take Darasaw over Slater. I personally like Slater as a tackle more than Darasaw, um, but the Chargers do like that height, that length. Um, so although the Chargers would probably take Darasaw, I don't care. And I'm going to go ahead and take Rayshon Slater with the 13th pick. Yeah, I mean, I think Rayshon Slater is definitely the way to go here for me. Uh, I think you can make arguments for Cosme, Darasaw, uh, Vera Tucker too, I think deserves honorable mention because he yeah. sort of possesses some of the same versatility as Slater where, you know, he can kind of rotate in and out. Um, but for me, Slater is the overall best lineman here. And for me, the chargers aren't looking to, you know, fill one lineman position. They're looking to fill like four. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. Slater is definitely the best way, whether he plays tackle guard center at the next level to me, uh, it doesn't matter. I, I think you take him just as the overall best talent here. Uh, mm-hmm. We often say best player available, and he is the best player available yeah. on the board right now. Uh, you know, I, I was surprised he kind of flip flop spots with um, Micah Parsons and uh, TDN's mock uh, recently because I think they were uh, uh, different at 15 and 11 before, but now Slater is ranked at 11. So he's the best player on the board. Uh, I think he's the most versatile lineman, and I think he's. The guy that, you know, while fans dream of Sewell, uh, he's uh, definitely the guy to build around if he's there. Absolutely. You know, and the board panning out this way for the Chargers is is quite literally the best case scenario. Yep. Because you can draft Rayshon Slater. Um, you know, you can play him at left tackle. I, I think he could do that. I think, you know, some uh, draft analysts are saying that he might project better at right tackle or interior. Uh, and that's okay. Frankly, like Alex said, the Chargers just need more talent. They need better players. And so... You know, in this kind of scenario, maybe they could get a Taylor Moton from the Panthers to play left tackle. Rayshon Slater could play guard. Um, you know, and this also opens up the, the possibility of drafting a tackle in the second round or the third round. So Rayshon Slater, I just think, gives them so many different options, and the Chargers need that. So whether that's Rayshon Slater in this case or Elijah Vera Tucker, like Alex mentioned, I think there is something to be said for drafting just a versatile piece and not necessarily – you know, pigeonholing your or pigeon yourself into an offensive tackle when you could just draft a versatile piece. So um, I think Slater is 100% the right pick here. And I believe the Chargers play the Washington football team this year. So another uh, Chase Young matchup on deck. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. So Elijah Veritecker went just after us. And, you know, the Chargers now have a Northwestern connection brewing. Uh, you know, it's similar to Notre Dame, so it's Notre Dame and Northwestern West. Wow, Stokes went uh, 28. Oh my god, I love Stokes, but not at 28. Jesus Christ. Oh, we got another. I'm 
How can I turn the sound off? I don't want to trade back. I can't hear it if that's what you're wondering. Or okay, cool. Yeah, I, I can hear, hear it. So, all right. So we had oh, another trade back offer. Nope. <laughs> okay, so we had uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh, another trade back offer. Wow, we're going, going crazy right, right now. <laughs> Tom Telesco's getting all the offers. All right, so we had Elijah Vera Tucker, Micah Parsons, J.C. Horn, Christian Barmore to the Raiders. That's been that's become like a very uh, common selection mm-hmm. just because you know similar to the chargers and offensive line the raiders just need more talent on defense and it mm-hmm. starts there sam Cosme, derisaw to the to washington so there you go there's your offensive tackle rashad bateman terrace marshall run of receivers Kadarius tony joseph osai Jalen mayfield tevin jenkins asante samuel jr who just met with the chargers today uh gregory so at 27 like that's that's a far fall for him man Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Stokes, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Najee Harris, Zayvon Collins, Jalen Phillips, Pratt, Pat Firemuth. Uh, that's a, that would be a really fun. That would be an awesome pick. Um, Nick Bolton, Aziz Ojulari, Rondell Moore, Aaron Robinson, Greg Newsom, the other Northwestern uh, player, Liam Eichenberg. There's Mac Jones to the Broncos at 41. Jason Oway, Dylan Moses, and Wyatt Davis at 44. Mm-hmm. So Alex is on the clock. Uh, let me know if you want to see some positions. Otherwise, the time is yours. Yeah. Um, Ma- I don't think Mac Jones is going to go at 41 in real life. Uh, <laughs> I think he's probably going to go a little bit higher just because of the demand of the quarterback position. Um, I think here you have Leatherwood. Obviously, uh, if he's still on the board, uh, I think that that's an option for them since we went, you know, Slater, who can kind of slide inside. You can get Leatherwood as a tackle. Uh, Dylan Radoon's still on the board. Uh, also, not sure if that will hold up in real life, but we'll see. Um, and yeah, then I think you have your kind of run of interior offensive linemen here. Uh, you have your Landon Dickerson, your Creed Humphrey. Um, Joe Tyrone is a guy that a lot of people talked about as an edge. Uh, I think that would be kind of an interesting direction to go if you want to scroll down a little more. Um, yeah, uh, Terrius Atwell is 2 2 Atwell, right? <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure that was his real name. Um, yeah. I mean, that would be, it's a little too early to think about him. Um, but, you know, I, I know we all are big fans of him. Uh, we have Dwayne Eskridge at 61. Whew. Yeah. A little, little low for him, I think. But uh, there's a lot of great guys to take here. Um, I think ultimately, based on what's on the board, you're probably going to go offensive line again uh, just to double up. I think I'm going to go with uh, Dylan Radunes. I uh, I like both him and Leatherwood. Um, but for me, just what I saw at the Senior Bowl, what I've seen on his tape kind of consistently, uh, I like him as a better fit uh, kind of in the NFL. And there, there have been some reps, as Tyler has noted, that Alex Leatherwood doesn't totally give 100% effort. Um, and I'd like to see that a little bit more. Uh, but I, I think Radunes, what I've seen from him the last uh, couple months, I think that he's just a really interesting, really great prospect uh, for uh, this position. That's a good call. I was worried you were going to take Leatherwood. I'm just not a biggest fan. I don't hate him. I don't yeah. you know, dislike him all that much. Um, I didn't realize you saw some of the laziness. Too. For some reason, for me, there's something lazy about it. Listen, I've never played <laughs> offensive line. Couldn't tell you what the fuck you're supposed to do. Oh, I'm way <laughs> lazier than Leatherwood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anywho, um, yeah, but I think Redunes is is a better option there. So you're going Redunes left tackle, 
and Slater at left guard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that's how you could build that out. Um, then maybe later in this draft, you get a center at some point, or you get a you know Corey Lindsley or someone like that in free agency. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I think you kind of solved that left side in the first two picks of this draft, and that's a really good start. Yeah, I have a feeling center would kind of get figured out before the draft. If it's not yeah. fine, like they have plenty of options, but it's either going to be Feeney or Lindsley. Like, I think there's an option there. And I do like the fact that, you know, a lot of these guys in the interior, you kind of can play different spots. But Dunes took some guard reps at the senior bowl. Yeah. Slater, obviously, you can kick in. Feeney played guard and center. Um, just because we're keeping Feeney, or if we keep Feeney, doesn't mean that we think he's a great player, but sometimes you just have to make these realistic, you know, bite the bullet kind of moves. Um, the other guy I would consider here, well, I know Steven's a huge Landon Dickerson fan. I just watched his breakdown. It is now available on YouTube. So there's your plug. I also got a shout out for putting little spotlights on players. Um, Davion Nixon's an interesting one for me. I thought he was a pretty yeah. decent pass rusher with zero anchor. Um, just a little bit worried there. He'd also be too, a little bit too aggressive and get washed out of play sometimes and just go flying by some guys. I, mean, I think a couple of read options got to him. Um, so that's another guy I would consider as your 3-4 defensive end. Um, but otherwise, based on the guys that I'm seeing here, um, it's tempting to take Javante Williams because I think he's really good. But in the second round, you just can't take a running back, especially not with this team. So, uh, yeah, Redoon's pretty solid option. Oh, man. Javante Williams, he's so, so good. Like, he's so good. <laughs> like, he's so good. Uh, but yeah. running back in the second round for the Chargers would be a, a terrible decision. <laughs> um, you know, I do. I love the idea of taking Dylan Redoon's here. I think my personal preference right here would be Redoon's or Landon Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if they do get Corey Lindsley in free agency, then 100% you take, take the guy who can play tackle or guard. Um, and this really gives the chargers a lot of versatility, right? You know, take Rayshon Slater, you can put him at left tackle, right tackle. You can play Dylan Redunes at left tackle, right tackle. They can each play guard. Mm-hmm. And this would just give the chargers the option to say, you know what, we're just going to put the best five players out there on the field. And, you know, in this instance, maybe they could, maybe that wouldn't include Sam Tevy at left tackle. I don't really know, but the Chargers just need better players, and I think in this instance they would get that done. Yeah, I also think, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, it can kind of alternate depending on the round, right? So if you go Darasaw in round one, then you can go for like a Creed Humphrey or Landon Dickerson uh, yeah. in round two, and then you know vice versa. Obviously, we'll update our mock draft or do another one post-free agency because that will tell us quite a bit. Uh, yeah. We're not just going offensive line just because we that's all we know and that's all we want to do. But I, I agree that like that was a good decision in that round. If some of the edge guys fell, uh, maybe, um, maybe an interior guy, defensive lineman kind of guy, or but otherwise I think Redunes was, was the right call. No, I and I, at 61. Before, Elijah Moore, my guy. Oh, oh man, that sucks. The pick before man. Was Elijah, Elijah Moore, Moore. The, was Elijah Moore the guy who did the fire hydrant pee? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I had no idea because Stephen told me to make a thumbnail, and I saw that picture, and I was like, "Oh, it's that guy." <laughs> oh man, so funny. But uh, yeah, so Elijah Moore right before James Hudson. That would be you know if you if you're taking a corner or an edge or something like that, James Hudson in, in the third round would have been perfect. Um, Trey Smith in the third round, he's got some health concerns, man, but he's a he is a monster. So third round, that'd be a bargain for. I think Alex Leather would win at sixty-one. Uh, I, yep. <laughs> yeah, he went to yeah. yeah. Carlos the Buccaneers Basham. getting freaking Phillips and Atwell makes me angry. It's <laughs> a good combo. Brady's gonna play for five more years. Oh man, <laughs> Landon Dickerson at sixty-three. Anyways, okay, so 
at this point, pretty much any other position besides offensive line, I feel like is on the table. Although, you know, in this instance, without free agency, you know, I would 100% take Jackson Carmen. And then, you know, you've got three offensive linemen back to back, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not really a realistic situation. So there's some good edge rushers on the board here. Um, Dio, I'm not even going to try to say that last name. Uh, Hamakar Rashid as a three, four off- offensive lo- uh, outside linebacker, excuse me. Peyton Turner uh, as a defensive end slash outside linebacker, I think would make a lot of sense. Quincy Roche, outside linebacker. Hamza Nasser Aline, uh, Alex's guy at safety. Elijah Molden at corner. You could go tight end. I see Brevin Jordan's on here. No, but Tommy Tremble at tight end. Tommy Tremble is a fantastic blocker, man. And, and he only had like 20 catches this year at Notre Dame, but I think he has the upside to do that. So tight end would be an interesting one here. I think really this would come down to, you know, a cornerback or an edge rusher, in my personal opinion. Ooh, Demetric Felton. <sighs> Uh, yeah, uh, my pick here, I think if it was up to me, I think it probably would be Quincy, uh, Quincy Roche. Uh, I, I think that he would be a solid uh, edge guy to get here. Um, but, I mean, you could also make an argument for a bunch of the other edges and, and quarterbacks that are, that are still on the board. But I, I think really with what's left, it's probably edge or corner in this round based on our first uh, two rounds. Yeah, I don't know how the fit's going to be, but I love a guy like Molden, um, a guy I just think is a super good coverage corner, so aware, so good yeah. at everything, and he's not fast, and that's just going to be a really tough one for him. Um, that's yeah, but you know, I think as as a slot corner, right? I think that could be mm-hmm. a really good, interesting fit. Obviously, you know, you give him a year to learn behind Chris Harris, mm-hmm. um, and then take over for him, and I think that would be okay. Uh, Kelvin Joseph hey. from Kentucky has been getting a lot of hype recently. I personally haven't watched him yet. I've been trying to. I, I just haven't been able to find much. Mm-hmm. Um, Israel Mukwamu is on the board, Stephen. You want to take? Uh, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take a hard pass on Mukwamu. I know, I know, lots of Charger fans love him, but I, I'm I'm out. I'm not not dealing with that. I haven't watched him yet. Not sure. <laughs> I like uh, I like Trill Williams quite a bit. Um, if they want to go in that direction. I don't know if he's a total fit, uh, but if they wanted to do that, I would be down. Yeah. So to me, uh, I'm debating between. Uh, Hamakar Rashid or Diami Brown is one of my favorite receivers in this class. I think he would be an amazing, amazing third round pick. Um, Demetric Felton, also very tempting. Amari Rogers, Tylen Wallace. See this, like this is why you don't take a receiver in the first round. Yeah. Because look at these names right here that you could potentially get. You know, Des Patrick, love him as well. Daz Newsom, Anthony Schwartz, who reportedly runs like a 4-2-7-40 yard dash <laughs> and ran a 10.07 100 meter dash in high school. Like, this is why you don't take a freaking receiver in the first round. Ugh, anyways, so. I'm going Deami Brown, man. I'm going with nice. the okay. receiver. I'm going to mix right. it up here because I feel like it, it's not a huge need, right? But at the same time, like the Chargers do theoretically need to add some more weapons. And in this case, you know, you give Deami Brown a year to be a supporting receiver, take over as wide receiver two, potentially if Mike Williams leaves or prices himself out. Uh, so I'm going to go Deami Brown, receiver from North Carolina. One of the best deep threats in this game. And I think he has the potential to truly become uh, just what the Chargers need in terms of a separator, yards after contact, run after catch. Reminds me so much of Devontae Adams in terms of his route running ability and release package. 
So high praise. That is very high praise. I love Deami Brown, and that would be this is going to be my selection here. I'll take Devontae Adams too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works out. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, I probably would have taken more if he was there. I might have taken Brevin Jordan. Well, it depends on Hunter Henry, but Brevin Jordan at 77 is pretty tempting. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't watched Brown, but I trust you on this one. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Cool. It'd be nice to have, you know, another really good route runner next to Keenan Allen. That'd be fun. It would. And that, that really is what the Chargers need. There's been a lot of people saying that like, oh, the Chargers need speed. And Deami Brown is fast, but they need more than someone who's just straight line fast. Like they need someone to you know, create windows for Justin Herbert, separate, create easy passes for him. And I think, you know, that is what De'Ami Brown could do. They also already have two guys that run in a straight line. Yes. <laughs> Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton. So I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, Sheldon would have been oh. my pick. <laughs> so here you'll see, this oh. is a really good group, man. I, I, you know, Spencer Brown is an offensive tackle there. Javon Holland. Uh, Aleem McNeil as an interior defensive lineman, you know, similar to Tyler Shelvin would fill a big need. Tommy Tremble. Oh, Osa. However you say that last name went right after Diami. Digazua, I think. I don't know. Good job, Alex. All right. So Tyler. Nasserl team went one pick four. Tyler is on the board here. So uh, the time is yours, my friend. I only see receivers and I can't take another one. Oh. Okay, well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I love Tyler Shelvin. I almost have a first-round grade on this guy. Everyone just calls him just a run-stuffer kind of guy. Um, he does that. He does that very well, um, blowing up some very, very good offensive lines. Um, but he's gone. So that's there goes that. Man, good Tyler, Tyler Shelvin and Vita Vey together, that's just, oh, God, that's so good. That's not so fair, The Bucks man. went Phillips, <laughs> Tutu, Atwell, and Shelvin. That's gnarly. Um some good edge rushers on the board right mm-hmm. here. So go show me edge, please. Okay, I'm going to go a little different. And I personally, at this point, I'm just going to go with my, who I feel is best player available. The guy that I have ranked higher than a Quincy Roche. The fit is particularly possibly a question. Um, but I do think at this point with your fourth pick in the draft, I would love to take Patrick Jones here from Pittsburgh. I just think with your fourth pick in the draft, I'm okay taking him here. And I think he's the best player on the board right now. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think I have Roche ranked a little bit higher, but Jones is also great. Uh, I think that he would be a, a terrific pick if you can get him at 97. I mean, that's, you know, your sort of your, uh, it's their compensatory third round selection. So, yeah. Uh, I think that that's a great pick to have, uh, and they they do need an edge. I, I feel you know. So if you go corner or wide receiver around three uh, before, then I think edge needs to be a pick sometime in round three, round four, round five. I just think you need a little bit more depth there, especially if you're going to let Melvin Ingram walk. Uh, so I think Roche is a, a a good start there, but also Patrick Jones, I, I also like a lot. Yeah, Patrick Jones is just a really violent player, and he's a really athletic kind of guy. Definitely got the physical upside to be someone that would turn into you know a a draft steal for this kind of situation. Um, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma is interesting. Daniel Jeremiah talked about him the other day and has him as a top fifty player. So um, that would be something to I'll have to watch more closely. 
Cameron Sample. Dalen Hayes is here. Yeah, Dalen Hayes, our guy of the interview. So uh, Cameron Sample would be interesting too. He's more of, he would be more of like the three, four defensive end. Um, but I think that's kind of a sneaky need too. Jonathan Cooper. This this edge class has a lot of sneaky talent, man. And I think, you know, the Chargers would be in a good place waiting until the third or fourth mm-hmm. round and taking one of these guys. So uh, I'm A-OK with Patrick Jones. There's Frank Darby, Deontay Smith. Love Deontay Smith out of East Carolina. A lot, a lot of versati- versatility there. Someone that could play guard or tackle. Super long arms. He had the longest arms of any offensive lineman at the senior bowl. So wow, Kyle Trask at 110 to the Bengals, man. Jamie Newman. All right. All right. right, So Alex is up here. Uh, Not a lot of guys. I love here. Hunter long. (laughs) Hunter long was a possible pick, but he's off the board. Um, Kenny Yaboa at one Oh nine. Yeah. Kenny Boa. It's a little rich. Uh, I like Tariq Thompson out of San Diego state a lot. Um, I think he's solid, but not on the board anymore. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we've taken edge. We've gone two offensive line picks and a wide receiver. Uh, can you show me the corner, Steven? Absolutely. Uh, okay. <laughs> not kind of a lot of great corners here. I don't think you're getting a ton of great value. Um but it's also tough because, like, you know, will they be able to wait on quarter? I don't know. If you want to scroll back up, Stephen. Uh, Rodarius Williams out of Oklahoma State is interesting. I've seen a little bit about him. Uh, Ambry Thomas is a guy I like a lot, but I, I still feel like this is a little soon to take him. Um, I feel like he could use a little bit more development. Uh, let's go back to the general players. All right. Um... Yeah, we've really taken edge. Uh, hmm. That kind of puts a, ooh. Uh, I we haven't taken an interior lineman yet, right? Interior defensive lineman or offensive yeah. lineman? Yeah, uh, interior defense. We have not. All right, show me the IDLs that are on the board. All right. So Darius Stills, he has met with the Chargers. Just wanted to point that out. Darius Stills has met with the Chargers. You have Jalen Twyman. Um, Jalen Twyman was going a lot higher before, so I guess his stock has dipped a little bit. Um, hmm. I think Darius Stills is an interesting guy here. Just I, I think he firms up the middle quite a bit for them. Yeah. You know what? I I think interior defensive line, especially because of you know, Linval Joseph being in the final year of his deal and the fact that we don't have full confidence in a guy like Jerry Tiller yet or or Justin Jones, really. Uh, I, I, I would go with Darius Stills here. Uh, I think that that's a good pick uh, at this rate. I, I don't fully buy into the corners here. Uh, I think you could take one later um, other than maybe an Ambry Thomas. But for me... Uh, I think you kind of want to go a mix of best player available with the the most uh, the position of most need, and I think that is ideal at this position. So I'm going to go with uh, Stills. Yeah, I think that would be a really good solid pick. I will say, in terms of cornerback, right here, um, Trey Brown from Oklahoma is super interesting. He's a very physical, toolsy cornerback. He, he he's pretty raw, but Matt Nagy said, yeah, or not Matt Nagy. 
uh, Jim Nagy, excuse me, um, said that he was the fastest player at the senior bowl. Um, so Trey Brett pairing an athletic freak like Trey Brown and Michael Davis together would be pretty tempting. Um, but they theoretically could wait here. Uh, Thomas Graham at 196. I don't agree with that ranking. I think Thomas Graham would be a, a solid pick here as well. Yeah. Um, but not enough people are really talking about how much of a need interior defensive line is for the Chargers, you know, because Justin Jones, his contract is up next year. So is Levat Joseph's. Uh, so they got to get some depth there, especially if they're going to be playing three, basically three, you know, interior defensive linemen on uh, in base packages. And so I think, you know, taking one here would be a, a solid pick. Yeah, uh, I, I just think it's a bigger need than people are talking about, uh, like you just said. And the fact that you're, you know, basically franchise uh, defensive lineman is a, you know, a Linval Joseph who is a little bit older uh, and, you know, whose contract expires, you know, Telesco could always do one of those uh, extend and, and sort of push the money down the road a little bit or open up some salary cap. But uh, I think you need to start getting that guy for the future, uh, you know, when Linval might not be on the team anymore. So I think that starts with uh, Darius Stills. That's a good call. I haven't watched Stills, but Staley wants to build in the trenches and be a line of scrimmage team. The Chargers did not take a offensive lineman or defensive lineman last year, I believe. Um, so they're kind of not paying the price here, but they kind of are. And that's why we've taken yeah. two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen so far. Um, because they need it and the contracts are expiring or they don't have anybody at the position. Uh, so this seems like a good pick. I don't know who he is, but uh, good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, really like the depth on the defensive line and offensive line was really like their biggest downfall last year. You know, mm-hmm. taking it, it's hard to prepare for six players taking snaps at right guard, but you yeah. know, having better depth and not being able to, you know, move guys around and, and you know, make a patchwork line work, you know, like even the Chiefs. I know it wasn't pretty in the Super Bowl, but they still weathered the storm against Mitch from losing Mitchell Schwartz earlier on in the season, uh, and they were still able to get to the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. uh, and for what it's worth to everybody listening to this, uh, Brandon Staley did call Jerry Tillery an up and comer. So, uh, do with that what you will. Uh, I don't know how much I buy that, um, but I can't imagine that Brandon Staley would put his stamp of approval like that on someone without actually thinking that. Uh, so, just saying. Anyway, so we'll go with Darius Stills. Mm-hmm. He's been an upper cumber since it feels like before Brandon Staley was in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Ronnie Perkins uh. to Houston. Kellen Mond as Tua's backup. That's interesting. Uh, Trey McKitty, the Georgia tight end that I love very much. Desmond Patrick to the Ravens. That would be a fantastic pick for them. Honestly, mm-hmm. but. I'd do that over trading for Mike Williams, to be honest. I would too. Aylan Hayes to the Steelers. That uh, seems like Good a luck, Steelers buddy. pick. <laughs> oh man, the the whole thing of of JJ Watt to the Steelers just it doesn't make sense to me. Like the Steelers, their cap situation is terrible, mm-hmm. and they've got like you know they got to pay Dub, Bud Dupree, and you know I know Villanueva is a free agent, but like he's their starting left tackle. Mm-hmm. I hope he picks the Browns just to spite the whole city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> If I were him, man, I, w- I would I would just go ring chasing and go sign with the Chiefs or, or the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Daz Newsome, he's a really interesting guy. Kyle Grant's in the tight end from SMU would have been intriguing here. Uh, not a huge Chuba Hubbard fan. Kerry Vincent, the cornerback. Ben Cleveland, the brick of granite human being. <laughs> There's Ambry Thomas. 
Uh, Brady Christensen, tackle from PYU. Cameron Sample, there's Rodarius Williams. Trey Sermon to the Saints. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. All right. So this will be our last pick of our five-round mock draft. Oh, looks like we lost Tyler for a second. Okay. Uh, We'll figure it out. Um, So Anthony Schwartz is on the board. I I can't go receiver again here. I I might. I don't know, but. I'm tempted to go. I'm tempted to do that too. Producer Anthony Schwartz. Um, let's see. Puka Williams, the running back from Kansas. That would be a ton of fun, man. I love Puka. Yeah, it would be. Jared Patterson, Khalil the running Herbert. back from Buffalo. Kayla Herbert. I like Kayla um, Herbert a lot. Both um, of those guys there. met with the Chargers at this. Or Kayla Herbert met with the Chargers at the Senior Bowl. Patterson met with the Chargers recently. Um, looks like Tyler is back with us. There he is. <laughs> What'd you do, man? I don't know. <laughs> Amir, you know, if they want to go receiver, I, I know we mentioned Anthony Schwartz, but Amir Smith-Marset, uh, I think would be super interesting here uh, yeah. if they wanted to go in that direction. Okay, but show me who's left for Notre Dame players. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Can one, you sort Tommy by school? <laughs> Wait, you Steven, click, click on school and then go <laughs> Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, you can't. Oh, I can't. I can't. I think you could fill... I can't filter that. Okay, so I feel like in this instance, I feel like they almost have to go with a corner or a safety. You got to add some youth into the secondary. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Caden Stearns is, honestly. Bryce Thompson, Derek Forrest, Tyler, Gillespie, Gillespie, I think Gillespie. What is that last name from Illinois? Immator Bebe. There you go. So uh, I'm going to choose here. My my option would be Divine Diablo, the safety from Virginia Tech. He's got a lot of that versatility, you know, that Brandon Staley wants in a safety. Um, Can play like a linebacker, can play like a safety, cover backs, cover tight ends. Uh, And then Trey Brown, who I mentioned earlier, just a really high upside physical toolsy corner that, that really feels like somebody that could fit in well with the Chargers. Um, So really just kind of weighing, do I think that the Chargers are going to re-sign Rayshon Jenkins or bring in John Johnson, or are they going to cut Casey Hayward? Um, so I'm going to go with Trey Brown, the cornerback from Oklahoma. You know, just the idea of having two freaky athletic cornerbacks in the Brandon Staley scheme, I think makes a ton of sense being able to have two guys that can physically keep up with the track team in Kansas city uh, and Henry Ruggs and all those guys in the AFC West, uh, KJ Hamler, who's super fast as well. Uh, so I'm going to go with Trey Brown, the cornerback from Oklahoma. Nice. You know, it seems like there's going to be one position group this year that gets kind of punted to next season. Not that your pick is a, is a punt, but I'm saying, you know, they've got, kind the of is, yeah. line. we've got the offensive line figured out. You know, you've got some of the defensive line figured out and just corner is the position that they're going to have to figure out next season, especially when, you know, Harris and Hayward are gone. So uh, yeah, seems like that's what uh, happened today. It's gonna Somebody's be so game. interesting to see what these what this team does with cornerback man because cutting Casey Hayward makes a lot of sense. And we talked about this last time, but at the same sure. time, it's like you're talking about cutting Casey Hayward. Like, does it really make sense like on the field, or does it just make right. sense, you know, in your in your pocketbook? Yeah. Right. So here are our picks. We had Rayshon Slater in the first round, Dylan Radunes in the second round, Diami Brown in the third round, Patrick Jones in the fourth, 
Darius Stills in the fifth, and then Trey Brown in the fifth, or excuse me, Darius Stills in the fourth, Trey Brown in the fifth. So nice little mix right. of offense and defense. We had three offensive guys in a row and then three defensive guys in a row. Uh, guys, your final thoughts on our mock draft. Yeah, I mean, a, there were interesting uh, positions where, you know, we could have gone cornerback earlier. Uh, you know, we could have gone edge a little bit earlier, but I think it all played out pretty well. Uh, I think we got the guys to fill the positions that they need. I guess really the remaining positions here are tight end, which may or may not get filled. Um, you know, if, even if they do re-sign Hunter Henry to get maybe like a backup tight end, I don't think that would be a bad idea. Um, but we did fill the trenches quite a bit with three uh, lineman picks. And then, you know, we got an edge and a corner. So I think we really did a, a decent job here. Uh, Tom Celesco, if you want to call us, we can settle this draft for you uh, Anytime, at, least, man. at least the first five rounds. Um, but uh, no, I, I think this is, uh, I don't know how the Chargers trap will look by the end of uh, April, but I think in terms of addressing the positions of need while also, you know, taking advantage of value and not reaching, I think this is a pretty good uh, blueprint. Yep. Based on the needs that they have, I think this draft totally works out. Um, I'm sure all guys are going to be all pro and pro bowl players because we selected them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Every position that we took, I believe there was either a need or a worry next year. It wasn't just that we were filling needs this year. We're also looking ahead to some of the future things like your interior defensive lineman, like potentially wide receiver, like corner. So while we did get some day one starters, um, I don't know what happened. Where did the draft go? But anyway, um, <laughs> all right. I will at least have two, yeah, <laughs> um, we'll definitely have a starter in Slater. We'll definitely have a starter, I would think, in Radunes. Um, Patrick Jones wouldn't be a starter. Um, Diami Brown. Diami Brown? I think it's Diami. No N in there. Oh, Diami. Diami Brown. I don't know if that's really a starter. Um, I, I mean, Diami, Diami Brown probably fits in the rotation, and, you know, he would yeah. fight with, you know, KJ Hill and all the other guys probably for some snaps, mm-hmm. too. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the. I would be oh, drafting Diami Drown to be wide receiver three. Like, like mm. that's the point in drafting mm. a guy like him. And there were some other guys in that situation too. But you know, in a third round receiver, I th- I would hope that they could beat out <laughs> Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson. As much as I I like Tyron Johnson, I'm a big fan of his. But uh, I think Diami Brown would be the wide receiver three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. I, I yeah. I think that if you get a wide receiver three in this draft, I think that's really great. And then. You know, it also sort of lessens the pressure of, you know, maybe having to reach a contract extension with Mike Williams, right? If you get a guy that you can maybe plug and play into CB2, uh, or it's not CB2, wide receiver two uh, in the future. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would be I would be so happy with the first four picks of this draft. You know, I mean, I would be lying if I said I've watched a ton of Darius Stills. Um, you know, I've happened to catch right. him in glimpses when I was watching Samuel Cosme and Tevin Jenkins, but... You know, he seems like a solid player and he and he fits what the Chargers need at, you know, as a potential defensive end at in the three four base or defensive tackle one technique. Uh has a little versatility there. Uh and then Trey Brown, you know, I, same thing. I haven't watched a ton of him, just kind of caught a glimpse of him. But the idea of being able to pair two, you know, physical freaks at cornerback just makes it makes too much sense. And that's really the difference between, you know, taking a shot on someone like him. And like a Keith Taylor from Washington or Rodarius Williams from Oklahoma State is just like you're taking a chance on the tools. 
And that's really like in the fourth in the fifth round, like that's really what you're exactly. doing is you're taking a chance on somebody. You know, they just took a big chance on Joe Reed because of his physical tools. Obviously, we didn't get to see much of him, but, you know, we'll have to see what that pans out. And getting Slater and Radunes in the first two rounds, man, like that's a home run. Like if that happens, mm-hmm. I will be so excited because that's two day one starters. It's two guys. I have a first round grade on Radunes. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. So getting those two back to back, I think it would be a home run. No brainer for the Chargers. Yep. Yeah, I um, I, yeah. I think yeah. um, getting two offensive linemen, I think, just works here. Um, I definitely think based on how a lot of mock drafts have played out that they're going to go uh, offensive linemen in the second for sure, maybe. Um, just because I... <laughs> for sure, maybe. <laughs> for sure, maybe. But just based on you know what we kind of saw there, it was really Leatherwood, Redunes, and then you had like some running backs, safeties, like not things that the Chargers really should be going for in the second round. Um, so I just feel like in terms of value, you know, I don't know what they're going to do in the first round. Maybe Caleb Farley or someone's on the board and they go do that. Um, or, you know, you go for some other position uh, that offensive lineman. But I feel like round two is definitely really shaping up to be sort of a O-line pick for sure. It works that way in the draft network. I It just depends on yeah. the board. They'll definitely <laughs> think... Like I, th- I think they're taking an offensive tackle at 13. I almost think that's a done deal, as it should be, based on who's going to be there, what they yeah. need, um, how they set up everything up. But I, I have, I could still see them taking an edge. I hope they don't take a receiver in, in the second round unless someone brilliant falls, because it, it, there are some guys that could get pushed that second round, like Steven, that is top 10 list today. There's a lot of guys on there. Um, that you could like, but in on the second round, I just, I just couldn't get behind that. If I'm doing anything. Other than line, it's it's corner or trenches um, on the defensive side. I, I don't know how this is going to land, but in the second round, I would 100% consider taking Elijah Moore. Like I think Elijah Moore is exactly mm-hmm. what the Chargers need. He's a separator. He's a yards after catch guy. Like everything that I think De'Ami Brown could be, Elijah Moore is right now. And so, mm. you know, I think Elijah Moore what should warrant consideration in the second round if they do, you know, get an offensive tackle, offensive lineman in the first round. Um, I, I, I kind of agree with Alex though, that I think, you know, in the first round, I could see them not taking an offensive lineman, right. Especially if Slater is off the board because Slater being on the board is a no brainer, right? Like everybody at worst has him as the second best offensive lineman, but you know, do they really feel that strongly about Elijah Vera Tucker, Christian Derrissaw, or do they want to play the waiting game and say, you know what, we'll take JC Horn, the third best corner just because that class stacks up differently. Or maybe they say we'll take Aziz Ojulari or Gregory Rousseau because that edge class stacks up differently. So it just kind of depends. And everything that I've been reading is that <laughs> these NFL teams are all over the map on every single position because yeah. they they haven't been able to be in person with these guys. They haven't been able to have a combine. And the Pac-12 had six games and, the, and you know, uh, the Big Ten had seven games, and and some of those teams didn't even play three games. So, you know, it just is going to be a, a crazy, crazy, crazy draft. I do think, like I said, if Rayshon Slater is there, that's no brainer. Like, pack it in. But right. you know, I could see them taking a cornerback or an edge rusher. Uh, I do not think a wide receiver is a possibility because you know, I think Brandon Staley knows that they need to either build the trenches or build the secondary up. I think those are the two biggest weaknesses. Uh, and it's kind of been what Brandon State has been talking about as well. 
uh, opt-out situation will be interesting too with a lot of the guys like Rousseau uh, or uh, Caleb Farley. Any guy that kind of opted out that is in these top three rounds will be interesting. I remember when Brentley Weissman was on the show, he was kind of talking about, you know, how do you compare uh, Patrick Sertan's, you know, third or, you know, tape this year versus Caleb Farley's last year, right? Because it's kind of, you know, different levels of development, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be interesting to see how stuff like that plays out through the draft, especially looking at kind of Chargers prospects and seeing what Telesco values, whether that's, you know, uh, second versus third year tape and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see how that, I don't think that would affect Slater, but some of these guys, like, no, I would love to see what they think of like Rousseau today, because we won't be able to watch any film on this guy, um, at least as far as 2020 is concerned, you know, what has he gotten better at? What will he look like yeah. at his pro day? What will he look like for a bunch of, you know, what are you going to be able to do at your pro day other than the measurables? Everyone knows about Gregory Rousseau and what an you know, athletic talent he is, but has he, has he learned how to do anything other than just, you know, run straight, run fast, be fast, be athletic. Does he have any pass rush moves? So, I mean, like I think Rousseau fell in this draft to what, 28 or something like that. He's 27. I could see that happening. 27. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Slater is going to fall, although I'd be very curious to see if his stock is affected at all. I doubt it. Uh, but Rousseau is definitely a guy I could see uh, stumbling and sliding. And didn't Ojolari opt out too? No, Ojolari played, but he was he's just young. He was a redshirt freshman. So this was mm. his first year starting. Um, so it, it just really depends, right? Like, you know, Gregory Rousseau, he's a physical freak, man. And like, he played yeah. a lot on the inside. He played a lot on the outside. And that was his, you know, he redshirted as a freshman. So he basically was playing a freshman season. And he had 15 and a half sacks, like 22 and a half tackles for loss. Like somebody... It just takes one team to believe in somebody. And, you yeah. know, if that's – it feels like that's a, such a classic Vikings pick at 14, just taking a super freak defensive lineman and then, you know, pairing him with yeah. a great defensive coach and let him develop. But, you know, it, I think in this situation where he, he fell at 27, I think that is possible because there's just so much yeah. unknown about him. And, you know, Rayshon Slater, there is some unknown about him, but there, there was two years of tape on him at two different positions – and, you know, we saw him dominate games from the offensive tackle position. And I believe his right guard is where he started as a freshman. So it is going to be interesting. And I think, you know, the draft board just on the draft network has changed so much in the last two weeks. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to continue to change because there's just it's such a weird year. Everything is going to be so different. It is than what we're used to because of COVID and the opt outs and, and the lack of a combine and all these different things. Yeah, Either way, I, the Raiders will blow it. I think the combine is is huge and, and not having that because that's you know I mean Henry Ruggs <laughs> became the 10th pick speaking of the Raiders last yeah. year because of that whole combine right and you had yeah. a bunch of guys that because of their measurables uh, because of something they did at the combine or a team they spoke to uh, you know shot up the draft rankings right yeah yeah uh, I, I think you know Ken- kenneth murray had a lot of long talks with the chargers kind of at the combine and tom telesco was like you yeah. know we lo- we love this guy <laughs> yeah you know so if the combine doesn't happen or if they if they don't get uh the meeting at the time they did would they have traded up for kenneth murray last year i don't know so i think there's a lot of interesting ripple effects kind of in the draft that might happen like that the reason I mentioned earlier that I was looking at Virginia Tech's uh, pro day is because Caleb Farley says that he ran a four two five in high school. And I would love to see, and so he bumped up to my cornerback one based on that. Technically, I will I will completely remove that and move him down if if that's not the case. But 
<laughs> I, if he runs a four two five, I mean, geez, Louise. Uh, if I was a corner or a wide receiver, I would just say that I ran a four two zero this year, and no one, <laughs> no one, no one can technically disprove it. No, it, you know it's true, but um, it, it's just going to be you know the lack of a combine. I think that whole process has become more about like the interviews than the actual testing. You know, because they're like stuff will go viral at the at the combine, like Nitane Muti bench pressing forty seven times or whatever it was, <laughs> but he was still a fifth round pick. So like it's more about the interview process nowadays than anything. And, and you never really know like what goes on in that situation and how that will affect people. We just have been talking about, you know, the Isaiah Wilson situation and how the Tennessee Titans might be, you know, just, you know, wasting their first round pick because the guy doesn't even know if he wants to play football anymore. So, you know, not having in-person interviews is just going to be such a, a big deal for these teams because they don't have that information, which, you know, could lead to more senior bowl, senior bowl guys getting, you know, vaulted up the board because that was the only time the teams could talk to them. Yeah, uh, I think it'll just be interesting to see, you know, in an alternate reality, how the draft would have played out if it was just all the normal kind of uh, beats yeah. of the season. And I also feel like maybe this year there's a bit more, uh, you know, drive from the media to to you know change it up just for the sake of discussion you know <laughs> i'm not going to name any names but you know daniel jeremiah had jalen waddle to the chargers <laughs> in his mock draft and uh other stuff like that where it's just you know without uh, the presence of the normal draft media you know maybe there's just moves elsewhere I have soured on the media lately just because just because maybe because we're the Chargers fans and the, yeah. the media has been so off. I mean, we have Lombardi on Pat McAfee's show going, the Chargers are going to force their offensive staff on Brandon Staley. And the <laughs> staff that they got was like completely different from many different <laughs> places, the complete opposite of forcing your staff. You know, someone asked, you know, Daniel Jeremiah is pretty close to the Chargers. He's plugged in. Like, I don't even believe that's the case. Like, I'd, him taking a receiver at 13 – I don't think that has anything to do with what he no. knows, to be completely honest. Or maybe it is based on what he knows, but it's bullshit. So I, for me, this whole media thing is very, very interesting, and I can't wait for us to all be wrong. Because these mock drafts, <laughs> we take, you know, I think in 2019, we all took Titus Howard in the third round, and then he ended up going like at 24 to the Texans oh, overall. So, Which didn't work out. Yeah. Or so far, I don't think it's worked out. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, what, you know, the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell. I mean, geez. At four, man. At four. Oh. <laughs> NFL teams will have Devin White, I think. Yeah. And they have Brian Burns there, too, which would have, you know, I, I that would have been a great pick for them. Or Devin White. Yeah. <laughs> Literally any other defensive player. Um, but NFL teams will continue to, to surprise us. And I think this year is just going to be wild because yeah. of everything in that. And I do want to say, like, Daniel Jeremiah, he could be plugged into the Chargers he covers the team through radio. Like he doesn't necessarily like, he's not like true. Everything he says about the Chargers is gospel. Like I think it's way too early for anybody to be really plugged in on, on where a team is headed, except for like, you know, the obvious ones, like obviously the Jaguars are going with, with Jaguars. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is what it is. I don't think that there's been any Intel leaked from the Chargers to suggest that they would consider taking a wide receiver. And, if that is the case, then you know, I would feel dumb, but I think the charges would feel dumber because that would be a terrible, terrible selection. 
Um, also, also, who knows what Intel to believe from the Chargers because the Chargers told Adam Schefter they were hiring Brian Dable. Yeah, <laughs> so that is there's, true. There's stuff like that too. That is very true. Good point, Alex. So uh, please let us know what you thought of our mock draft in the comments, on the review, or on Twitter. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button if you learned something. We do appreciate all of the positive feedback. Uh, if you hate our picks, you know we appreciate that feedback too. Um, just make sure to be a little civil and, and be respectful. Stop being racist. <laughs> I get it. I'm Chinese for the love of God. I can't open my eyes. I got glasses. I'm doing my best. There we go. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. And uh, we appreciate all your continued support. And uh, obviously, go Chargers. Go Bolts. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.